Welcome to episode 25 of the Grassroots Guy podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome this guest to the show today. Um, a big one for the 25th episode. First professional cricketer to make it onto the podcast as well. It's a big one for me. Welcome Surrey County cricketer, Jamie Overton. How are you doing, mate? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, all good. All good uh, indeed. Am I right in saying you're currently suffering with a bit of an injury at the moment? Yeah, I've got, I've got a little niggle in my calf, um, which is, um, like, sort of put me out for the 100, which is slightly frustrating, but that's that's part of professional sport. Um, I've had my fair share of injuries, so I'm not. it's not something that I'm not used to, but it's, it's always disappointing when you get one. Yeah, 100%. Even, uh, even at the level I play at, um, it's frustrating to be injured. So, go on then, let's talk about the 100 quickly. What are you thinking about it so far? It's different. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's one of those. I think you either like it or you don't. Um, from what I've seen, it's not massively too different to T Twenty cricket. Um, but then it's it's a new format. It takes time for people to sort of adjust to it and um, to get the initial thoughts through it. Because well, when T Twenty first started in two thousand, I think it was two thousand three, maybe two thousand four, everyone was like, "Oh, this is a disaster. This is never going to work." But look where it is. Nearly twenty years later, like it's probably the main sport is probably bigger than test cricket now. Um, so it's it's one of those, you can never really know when it starts, but hopefully it, it can kick off and it can go from there. Yeah, 100%. Do you think potentially, now this is, like, you don't have to answer, you, you can answer if you want. Do you think potentially that they could have invested a bit more into the Vitality Blast a little bit to make it the same sort of thing as they're after with the 100? Or Yeah, potentially. It's one of those. They, they obviously wanted to have a franchise tournament in England. Um, and realistically, probably having a franchise tournament of eighteen teams, or because there's eighteen counties, it it doesn't work. Um, it's just too much, too much cricket, um, and it would be too similar to having a vitality blast. So they wanted to do something completely new, um, and it is completely new. So, but I would have probably preferred to have gone even even shorter, almost like a like a T10 or something, completely completely different, and had had something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it is interesting, isn't it? Like you say, I think at the moment it turns out to be um, a bit like Marmite. Like you, do, you are. Yeah. I'm genuinely having conversations with people that are saying, "Oh, uh, it's it's new and it's actually bringing me to enjoy cricket," whereas maybe somebody hasn't before. Whereas like somebody like myself, love all formats. Test, test yeah. is my favourite. Like believe it or not, um, and one days and stuff. I think it may not be suiting those sorts of people, but like you say. Give it time. I'm sure it will develop and uh, carry on and be a better thing. Anyway, Jamie, yeah. we're, we are here to talk about you. So I ask um, everybody who comes onto the Grassroots Guy podcast their first memories of sport and like where they were or what they were at grassroots level. So yeah. cash your mind back, mate. What was your first memories? My first memory is actually not a very good memory. Um, oh, wow. Well, the earliest thing I can remember is actually playing in a under-17s game when I was nine. Um, and it was for my home club, North Devon. Um, and I remember dropping a catch at mid-off um, to a guy a guy called Dan Bowser, who's actually played for, for England. Um, and he, yeah, he hit one straight to me at mid-off and I dropped it. And I remember thinking, oh, this is, this is horrendous. Like, I don't want to be playing cricket. Um, but like... The fact that I was playing under 17s at that age, I was sort of like, oh, it's probably not the end of the world. It's just one of those things. Um, but 
yeah, that's probably the earliest memories. Yeah, that's a incredible feat. I mean, I just suppose that shows us that well where you are now and stuff. But to be playing under seventeens, which everybody must have been more formed than you were at yeah. the time. Yeah, like a lot bigger than us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you cope? Uh, we didn't. I didn't do a massive amount in the game. I was just sort. Of, we were just sort of there to field and have a like have a little run around. Um, but yeah, I think it's those sort of early memories. And I think Dad was quite um forward in putting us into sort of adult cricket and even higher up junior cricket just to try and almost challenge us because he took us out of school cricket when we were younger just because he didn't think it was going to help us benefit and help us improve as cricketers. Um, that's me and Craig. So. Yeah, we stopped playing school cricket when we were probably 13 and played adult men's cricket, like Premier League cricket from 13 against adult men, overseas players coming from Pakistan, Australia um, and learning learning that way. So what about um, if we were to like maybe choose a more positive memory from those times? What was the first time as a youngster that you made a real impact in the game? Probably the earliest one I can remember is... Um, Probably when I was 15, I played a Premier League game for, for my club and it was um, it was against Bobby Tracy, actually. And I remember bowling. I, I probably That's probably one of the quickest I remember I bowled. I probably bowled 90 miles an hour when I was 15, 16. I was like, that's when I first realised that I was like, oh, potentially I've got something there. Um, and the, the quickie keeper come from Australia, played great cricket um, for one of, the, one of the big sides in, in Sydney. And he was like, he was miles back and he was like, geez, that's quick. Um, and yeah, that was, I didn't do it very often, but it was one of those, like just that, that feeling of being able to do it, knowing our tension one day that I might be able to do it again. Um, but yeah, that was, that's probably one of the earliest memories of me realizing that I've got, got sort of a hidden potential. Yeah. Amazing. So obviously I play cricket. I'm not a bowler. I, I'm not a batsman yeah. really. I play cricket. <laughs> so when when you get in that spell, like where you know that you're ch- like bowling absolute yeah bombs, do you know that it's coming? Like or uh, yeah, yeah, you do do a little bit. Um, but we, I obviously do a lot, quite a lot of warm up before the game to make sure my body's in a position to because it's to be able to bowl that because it's not it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but I can tell my warm up if I bowl a few balls and it feels quite easy and quite nice, then I know I'm probably going to have a good day. Um, and then some days you wake up, just feel absolutely horrendous, and it's sort of it's hard work to get up there. Um, but I'm one of those when I get into competitiveness and get in a battle with someone, then I it just sort of feeds and it just happens. Um, and that's what probably why I prefer four day cricket, yeah, um, and test cricket because it's you can go sort of where the ebbs and flows as, as T20 or 50 over cricket, you've got to literally be on the money from ball one. Um, and sometimes it can take me a little bit of time to, as a bowler to try and get into your spell. And but sometimes it's my second and third and fourth spells in the day that I actually bowl my quicker spells, um, just because I can sort of get with the adrenaline of the game and w- what's going on in the game. And I know I've got to potentially do something. Yeah, 100%. So obviously there are going to be people here um, listening to this podcast that don't know too much about cricket. Now, as a fast bowler, you come in off what twenty paces? Yes, yeah, twenty meters fifty, my run up. Yeah, um, but then I start from further back, um, so it's it's a long old way, um, probably too far. But yeah, it's sort of for me, it's all about trying to get my rhythm and my tempo and my run up 
Um, not trying to run in too fast, but if you're running too slow, then you, it's, it's tricky as well. So it's one of those you, I get a lot of um, pace and stuff for my run up. So I've, I've got to be quite clinical with my run up and what's going on. Yeah. So um, for those of, for those that don't know that are listening on the run up, that's 20 meters and you bowl six balls and over. So how yeah. often, or sorry, not how often, in general, in like a four-day match over the four days, how much distance would you put in for your run? Like, have you ever got the stats back? No, I haven't. But I remember, I think I remember having, there was a stat when Steve Finn um, played a game in Australia for the Ashes. Um, and I think during the game, he covered about 50K. Actually, no, I think it might have been one day he covered 50K. That's incredible. Isn't um, and that's it? that's through bowling and obviously running around the outfield. Um, he must have been getting snapped around a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like it's just because the fields are so big. You run from one side to the other. It's it's almost 100, 150 meters every every time. And you think if you bowl twenty overs in a day, you're running forty meters every time. With twenty overs, it's one hundred twenty times 40, 40 meters. Yeah. Um. So it's it it all adds up. Um. And, it, and it's it's not it's just the time on your feet that this, this thing that gets to you really, um, but it's, you don't really realise you're covering that distance when you're doing it. But it is it is it is quite taxing. Yeah, hundred percent. Even um, Saturday league for us, forty overs in the like well the 30, 30 degree heat is long yeah. enough at times. Um, let alone four days of it. Anyway, back to your timeline. Um, so you got yeah. taken out of school cricket. So when was it that you got picked up then by Somerset originally? Um, so we got picked onto the academy. I got picked on the academy when I was 16. Yeah. Um, played through all the, through the Devon age groups. Um, and then I think Jason Kerr was the academy director at Somerset at that point and invited me and Craig up to, it was actually a game, a Somerset versus Lancashire game yeah. um, in, in the CB40. Um and he invited us up before the game and said, oh, we'd like to invite you onto the academy. Um, we obviously both were delighted and was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I remember watching Joss whack it around against Lanks and winning the game. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably... I didn't. We didn't actually go and watch Somerset too much growing up, but that was probably one of the earlier games that we actually remember of going to watch. Um, it's just because it was it's so far away and we were always playing. So it was it was one of those tricky ones. Yeah, and in some respects as well, Somerset are quite lucky, right? Because although it's Somerset County Cricket Club, they do have the pick of the players. Well, from my knowledge, they've got the pick of the players that come from Devon and Cornwall, yeah? Yeah, they've had... It's been... I think they've tried tried to work on the links between Somerset and Cornwall. I think probably in the last 10, 10 years, it's it's become a lot more proficient. Um, and I think if you look at the squad at Somerset at the moment, there's there's a lot of players from Devon and Cornwall. And I think that's, that's a good sign because it's, they're suggesting that there's, there is those players there, but probably 15, 25, 30 years ago, it was never, they, people weren't getting recognized. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think nowadays it's, you want to make sure you've got the best players playing for each County and having the potential, the, the option of picking people from there and seeing people from there, that it, it helps. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and obviously there's some, some really good players coming through. Um, Don Best is another one from that way. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dom, um, Lewis is from Plymouth. Um, Lewis Goldswell, he's done really well this year. He's from Cornwall. So, we think, but then if you go back 10, 15 years ago, Chris Reed played for Knotts, he's from Devon. Um, 
so there's 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 a lot coming through um and a lot have come through but it's um it's it's trying to find them so yeah definitely so if we was to um just go away from cricket as well just to find out a little bit more about you growing up was there any other interest yeah. in any other sports or yeah we have played everything played Did literally you? every other sport i could think of um i think that's that's one of the main reasons why sportsmen do get to the higher level they sort of do play everything and they can sort of learn these different skills of different hand-eye coordination um your different motor skills um like i played hockey basketball rugby didn't play too much football um the school didn't play football so we didn't we never really got a chance i probably played it till i was about 10 or 11 and then got into rugby um but yeah mainly it was mainly just trying to do as much as we can. And mum and dad were literally just like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like, if that's what you want to do, you can do any sport. Um, but cricket was always the main one. Um, and it sort of got to a point where we were playing from England on teens and they were like, you can't really do any other sports now. And then we were like, okay, that's fair enough. Like, we're just going to focus on cricket then. But yeah, it was generally just trying to play any sport we could and trying to just run around, really. Yeah, stay fit and whatnot. So when was yeah. the moment that you obviously you got told at the England under 19 stage that you couldn't play any other sports and it was cricket that you would have had to focus on, which is understandable playing for England at that age. Um, when was yeah. the moment though, as a kid that you knew that it was a sport that you wanted to play? Probably, probably not until I was under 19 level. Um, like I always loved like cricket, but never really thought oh, I could potentially do that as a career. Um, and then obviously you get picked up at Somerset and you think, oh, maybe potentially it could be an option. Um, but you, like you sort of challenge yourself and then the 19th was like, okay, this is actually a viable option now to try and actually become professional is, is something that I've really wanted to do. Um, but you never really, really get to that point until you actually sort of get put in that plate, in that position. Yeah, 100%. And um, in regards to like the academy setup in so I, like my first sport is football. My second sport is cricket. I I know a fair bit about the setups within yeah. football academies and things like that. How does it work as a player going into an academy in cricket? Then is it like full time training? Is it part time? Um, so no, it's probably more part time. So like I think when we would when I came through, it was we trained Tuesday evenings and the Sunday morning, um, as well as obviously doing stuff at school, gym work at school um that sort of side of things and doing cricket outside of obviously with, with North Devon and stuff like that so yeah it was but then even at school I was still playing like school midweek cricket um just didn't play on the Saturdays um so it was like cricket was literally from well every day of the week um really and and that's the sort of the progression you you sort of have to realize that you probably couldn't bowl every day back when at that point because it was too much on your body um you have to sort of balance what what workloads you have to do um start eating the right things um yeah trying to be the professional you needed to be at that point which was quite a big step um but yeah it was it's something that i was very much looking forward to yeah and what year was that that you got taken in 2010 was the first year on the academy maybe uh no 2011 actually 2011 amazing so um, i if the stats that I've got wrote down are correct, you made your debut a year later in the Clydesdale yeah, Bank. Clydesdale yeah. Bank 40 over cup. Yeah, the, the CB40, yeah, it was against yeah. Surrey. Um, I think what do you was, remember of it? 
Uh, I remember getting injured. Oh no, genuinely. Yeah, generally, generally got injured. My um, I had a little problem with my elbow at that sort of time, and I tore the ligament in. I don't know which ligament it was, but it's on the inside of the elbow. Um, I think I only bowled four or five overs in the game. Um, but it was only like a couple of weeks injury, and then to come back two weeks later and played up at Durham, and I think I've still that's that's still my best for my or fifty over figures, forty over figures. So, um. It's one of those, it's just, just timing of these things. It's just, just the way it is, isn't it, really? Yeah, 100%. Now, um, obviously, you don't play for Somerset at the moment, but you were there for eight years of your career. You must have yeah. very fond memories, still a bit of a soft spot, I'm sure. Your brother's there, your family are from that yeah. area. Um, funny enough, actually, bit of a shout-out um, to your mum because she works with one of my best mates. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll speak about that after, though. But um, Yeah. Yeah, so what what were your favourite memories, your highs? It must be la- uh, 2019. The- yeah, I would say the, the 50 over final at Lords, um, the Royal London One Day Cup, um, winning the trophy after, I, think, I can't remember the last time they won the trophy. I think it was 2005 they won the last trophy, the 20 yeah. over cup. So it was, it was nice to get the, the second place sort of bridesmaid sort of tag off our backs. Um, and yeah, like, Obviously, being man of the match as well in the final, it was it's a great feeling after probably what was quite a troubled sort of three or four weeks leading up to it. Um, I went out, had to go on loan because I wasn't playing a massive amount of cricket, um, which I felt like I wanted, I needed to be playing because I was getting to an age where I needed to be playing cricket. I couldn't be sat on the sidelines doing nothing. Um, so I made a, a real tough decision to try and go out and get some cricket somewhere else. And it probably helped. Well, 100% it helped. And it's... um sort of made me the sort of cricketer I am now yeah definitely but yeah Somerset Somerset was a great like I had a great time there um, still got very fond memories there still get on well with everyone and who knows one day um, things might come might come back and I might go back and finish my career there but like I'm sort of just I felt like I needed to have a change and that's that's one of the reasons why I did leave it's um healthy though isn't it to want that change as a sportsman like you, you can obviously there are um, footballers and cricketers that have spent their whole careers at clubs and maybe not stagnated but maybe not have a, not as achieved as much as they wanted to yeah. now sorry I've got an incredible setup incredible ground incredible players the scope for you to go on and win trophies there must be I mean Somerset have obviously got an amazing squad yeah, yeah. You're competing in everything at Surrey is that one of the reasons that you wanted to go there Oh, yeah, it's one of the, it's partly one of the reasons I think I felt like I was probably under underused at Somerset in certain aspects. Um, and sorry, I've given me those chances so far, and I felt like I've I've sort of achieved what I wanted to achieve so far. But I've still got ambitions that I want to do. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of those. You look at Somerset; they still they still try and achieve those things in three formats. I think sorry, are very similar. I think. They're actually very similar clubs. Um, both have very high ambitions and aspirations of what they want to achieve every year. Um, and that's that's what I like. I, I don't want to go into a competition thinking, oh, we're not really trying in this competition. Like, whenever I go onto the creek field, I'm putting 120% in. I'm not I'm not holding back. And that's probably why I have got these injuries in the past. It's, it's one of those, I, I put my body on the line. Um, and... I I can hand on heart say I hate losing. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a bad loser, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't be a good loser. Put it that way. 
No, hundred percent. And I think when I speak to any of any of the professionals that I've got on here, even Harry um, at, yeah. at Paul's Yard, you speak to you guys about losing, and you can just see it in your. Yeah, it doesn't like, go, doesn't go down well. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what we were, what's, what would you say the biggest um, setback of your career has been so far, Jamie, and how have you battled back from it? Um, I'd probably say that the three stress fractures I've had in my back um, I had, I think it was, th- no, it wasn't three years in a row. I had two, two years in a row where I had um, a stress fracture in my back and it was basically the same spot, um, which left me, I played probably two months of the season and then missed the last three or four months of the season in both years. Um, they, they were tough. The first one was tough to come back from um, just because I've never had a, a massive injury like that. I was out for six months. Um, and it was one of those like, well, what, what, what do I actually do here? The second one was probably just as tough just because it was like, oh, it's gone. It's actually gone again. Um, and like, is there something going on my action? Do I need to change something? Um, but yeah, they, they, they were tough times. But I've come through them and I feel like I'm in a better place now for having them. Um, and I sort of, I sort of know my body a lot better now than what I did when I was 22, 23. So how do you get to the bottom of that then to do it three times? Was it, was it something to do with your action or was it literally just a uh, case of bad luck? Just, just a case of a lot of fast, young fast bowlers do get them because you play, it's not a fault of the ECB or any, I'm not blaming anyone like that, but, well, young bowlers, they have a, a, li- a limit of how many overs they can bowl in a week or how many overs they can bowl in a game or a spell. And you get put into first-class cricket and you don't they don't exist anymore. So as an 18-year-old, well, even second-team cricket, they don't exist. So when I was 16, I was playing second-team cricket, you can, those those rules don't exist. So one game I bowled 12 overs in a spell, 11 over spell. And like, wow. you would never do that in, in, in club, club cricket or school cricket. Um, unless you're a spinner um, so yeah the, the step up is a big step up um, and it's the the workloads you do you go from playing one day cricket two day cricket to then playing three day four day cricket it all adds up and the loads the loads on your body just sort of your body just goes Whoa, what's going on here and it just goes okay I'm this, I'm out, I've had enough um, yeah. I, and I said, like I said it's it's quite common for young fast bowlers to get stress fractures in their back um, just because your, bo- your bones haven't developed and they haven't they say they haven't curved off yet because they've not had the force to curve them off. So they're quite sharp and they're quite abrasive on each other. Um, so yeah, it's quite common, but it's one of those things you try not to try not to get. Um, but I think all the fast bowlers I've known, they've all got one. So it's not, not like it's uncommon. Yeah. And just the sheer impact of that 20 meters constantly throughout yeah. the day can't, can't be any good. Um, on your on the stats again that I've got here, it says you played for uh, England A. You've been on tour with the England yep. A team. Is that right? So what was that like as an experience? Yeah, I've been on a few tours of the, the Lions, um, which is England A. Um, yeah. So I went to... The first one was in uh, it was in the UAE against Pakistan A. Um, and that that was a very a very successful tour. We played in T20s and we beat we actually beat them. Beat, um, we beat them I think we beat them 3-2. Um, Amazing. Which is we were quite we were quite a young side, and it's actually probably not far off from being sort not mainly not the main side at the moment, but sort of the fringe players on the main side um, were sort of on that tour. Um, so we had quite a good side, um, quite a young side, but inexperienced in those sort of conditions. And yeah, we did we played really well. And then 
been on a couple to, a couple tours to South Africa, Australia. Um, so I've, I've traveled the world quite a bit. Um, and it's been been good fun, but I try, I want to I want to try and get into the main side. That's 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 the main ambition. Yeah, I was get. I mean, normally at the end of uh, the timeline, I would say what's next for Jamie Overton. So I'll yeah. I'll give you the floor with that question now. Go for it. What's next for Jamie Overton? Yeah, like the ambition is to play for England. I want to play for England in all formats. Um, it's it's always been my aim. Um, obviously, Craig's got there, and I want to try and catch him up. Um, we've always had that competitiveness, and I want to I want to play for England with him. Um, that's the ideal thing that I think that will would make my our parents really happy. Um, I know they're happy at the moment, but I think that sort of would have the icing on the cake to have both of us playing in a, in a test match at Lords or wherever it is. But if it's somewhere like Lords or the Oval or somewhere like that, it'd be, it'd be an amazing achievement. But yeah, definitely playing for England in, in all formats. Um, and then, yeah, they're the main aims, but hopefully like travel the world playing in all the front, the T20 competitions. Like amazing. that's, that'll be, that'll be amazing as well. Yeah. Really cool. So go on and here's a question for you, bit of um, self critique. What do you need to do to get there, Jamie? <laughs> a lot. Nah, <laughs> uh, it's one of those. Um, I'm sort of, I've ch- not changed my action a little bit this winter, but I've sort of tried to make it a bit more economical and, a bit more beneficial to me to be able to bowl quicker for longer and not have those strains on my body. Um, so it's taken a bit of time to try and get used to it. And then moving counties, you, you potentially can try too hard um, in your first sort of season just to try and almost have the impact you feel like you should be, should be doing. And I probably have done that this year. So it's almost trying to take it, not a step back, but trying to almost chill out, let, let things happen um, and relax into into what I want, what I need to do, and yeah, well, fingers crossed. I've I've got another four games, four championship games left that I'm hoping to be fit for. Um, and yeah, if I can do well in those four games, then who knows what can happen. But I'm just trying to take things step by step and trying to do well for for Surrey, and then we can go from there. Yeah, perfect. One thing I will ask as well, then, so you are uh, you have recently, well, I say recently moved. You've been at Surrey for a season now. At, yeah. At football clubs, you see them doing uh initiations and stuff is there initiations within cricket clubs not really um Ooh. yeah not really we've not well i've not done anything um they they might have done in the past but like i've not seen anything or had anything done i think with with covid it's been a bit more tricky to have those sort of events where you can all get together and do those yeah. sort of things um Who, who's so it, like they might sorry mate who's skipper sorry uh, Rory Burns is is four day captain. Um, you want to have a and, word? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's one of those. I think it's not it's not like even at Somerset it wasn't a massive thing. Um, so I, I don't know whether it's just cricket that doesn't really happen or. Um, but yeah, there's I wouldn't say there's a massive massive thing for it in cricket. Yeah, no, fair enough. And then the second question um, along those lines as well is after a victory like Somerset, you would go back into the changing room and burt out Blackbird. What's, yeah. the, what's the victory song at Surrey? Um, it's actually a song written by Mark Butcher. Um, oh, yeah. And and it's it's just a song about the team and sort of praising the team quite well. It's not a, not a song about about anything else it's literally just about the team and and trying to reap our praises and um 
saying we've done really well. Um, so it's probably quite a more of a a homely thing rather than having. Well, a blackbird is quite a homely thing, but it's it's more of a um, a thing for for Surrey than it is having some someone else's song. Yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting actually. Like, uh, do you like for me? That's I've learned something today, which is really good. Yeah. Um. Last question then before we wrap things up and go into the eleven to yeah. finish. If there's a young cricketer, um, listening to this podcast, they they want to obviously make it professional. Yeah. What bits of advice would you give them? I would say you've obviously got to enjoy yourself. Um, I always say you've got to have fun. Um, and it's almost, I wouldn't say, put, if you want to play cricket, play cricket, but don't just play cricket. Go and play other sports. Enjoy other sports. It will help with your cricket. Um, and, yeah, just just give it your all. And if, if you really want to do commit to cricket, then, yeah, just give it all give it to your all and just yeah just have fun really that would be my main thing like I know me and Craig growing up all we did was have a ball in our hand play a bit of in the nets just mess around um did get competitive at times but <laughs> I think it was um it was mainly just about having fun and just enjoying ourselves yeah um just just to mention Craig then obviously it's your your podcast but growing up together it must have been amazing obviously you're both brilliant cricketers you must have thrived off each other and almost made each other better going through going through the years. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, it's actually quite funny how it's worked. It's always been one person, one of us, either steps ahead of the other, and then the other one always catches up or goes ahead. Um, like Craig played for Somerset first, and then I step up, and then went to the to the Lions, the England A side first, and he stepped up and gone above me, and then played for England first. So it's just it's just weird how it works. Um, but he's he's. I, I wouldn't be ashamed of saying he's a lot better than me at the moment. Um, it's just the way the last two or three years he's been unbelievable in, in county cricket. Um, and he fully deserves what he's what he's achieving at the moment and hopefully gets a chance in these in the test matches coming up um, against India because he, he does fully deserve it. He's, he's been the best bowler in the county circuit for the last two or three years. Um, and yeah, I'd I would be absolutely delighted if he gets a good a good go and he deserves a good go. Yeah, amazing. And uh, I'm sure you and your family will be watching on um, with joy on your faces if he does get that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Jamie, we've wrapped up your career so far. I, I wish you the best of luck in your recovery from injury. Um, I wish you the sure, best of luck you. in your endeavours to go on and play for England, which I'm sure you will. It's in the blood, clearly. Um, yeah. One thing... I've already warned you about. We've got the 11 questions to finish. I've mixed them up a little bit today because some of them can be a bit football related. So I've switched them up a little bit okay. to be more, yeah. more relatable to you. So um, it's quick fire. So answer them as quickly as you can. You ready yeah. to rock and roll? Oh, absolutely. Perfect. So in three, two, one, Jamie, what is your Tesco Mildew choice? Uh, probably just a, a bacon and cheese sandwich or bacon and something yeah. like that sandwich. I'm, I'm not really massive into sandwiches or Tesco meal deals. Oh, fair enough. We'll move on then. Best sport in memory? Uh, probably the 05 Ashes. Um, who is your sporting hero? Andrew Flintoff, just because of what he did in those Ashes. Um, Favourite cricket stadium to have played at? To play that? I haven't played there, but being there this winter, the MCG, um, it was empty, but 100,000 
100,000 people or 100,000 seats. It's it's quite a stadium. It's it's a lot bigger than you think. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, what is your go-to music choice? Probably Mumford and Sons. Nice. Um, uh, I, I like that sort of vibe. Yeah, nice. Go-to alcoholic beverage? Uh, some sort of fruit cider. Um. I'm not. I'm not a lager drinker. Being from Somerset, you got you got to drink some sort of cider. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, best leader, captain, or coach you've played with or been coached by? Oh, jeez. Um, I'd probably say Marcus Truscothic. Um, yeah, being the guy he is, and everyone knows how good he is. Um, you just sort of look up to him and be like, "Geez, I want to be like you." Yeah, a hundred percent. Who was your most famous opposition player? Oh, probably Michael Clark. Yeah. Um, played against him in a in a touring game um, when I was at Somerset in 2013. Um, and yeah, he was yeah he was pretty good to be fair. Yeah, I can imagine. Advice you would like to have given yourself at 18? Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just let it let it happen. Let just relax. Um, I still don't do that, do that now. So I'm still telling myself to do that now. But yeah, just relax and enjoy yourself. Uh, best players you've played with? Uh, Trez, James Hildreth, um, Ollie Pope. Um, yeah, I think. To, ne- to name actually a few. One, one, yeah, to name a few. One person that I think has the potential to go incredibly far is a guy called Jamie Smith. Um, right. he's a young lad at Surrey. He's, I think he's just turned 20 or 21. Um, and yeah, he, the, what I've seen from him so far, he's, he's got a serious amount of talent and from people who have said things, he's, he was better than Ollie Pope at, at that age. Wow. Um, high praise. So fingers, fingers crossed he, he can keep going, but yeah, from what I've seen so far, he's got a lot, a lot of ability. Okay. Finally, have you, or do you yeah. have any pre-match habits? Uh, no, not really. I try and I always go out onto the pitch really, really late. Um, I'm not a massive fan of doing a too big, a big of a build up. Um, but yeah, I try and just take it chilled and be out there probably a minute or two before then I need to be on for warm up. Just yeah, just try and chill out. But probably when I'm actually probably when I'm batting, I always put my left pad on first for my oh, yeah. right pad. Um, nice. but I would I would never I wouldn't be. Like I'm not trying to do it. It's just me naturally. That's just the what, what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Not, what you mean. not like a, a few other people. I'm, I, I know Neil McKenzie used to tape his bat to the roof. Um, <laughs> as you, as you do. Um, some What's people this? have got to have their toilet all the toilet seats up. Oh like, my god! It's just a few, and I'm like, not sure that makes too much a difference. What you, what's going to happen if you go out to the middle and don't get any runs or not? But who knows? People just are funny like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I suppose just to add on to the end, then what's the, is, that's got to be the strangest one you've seen, then, is it? Yeah. The bat on the roof. Even the bat, I, I didn't see it, but I just heard that it happened. Like one of, he, I think he put, he taped his bat to the roof, and I think someone else said, someone else had had to have the, all three toilet seats up in the, at Lords. They had to be all up rather than being obviously down um, while he was batting. They couldn't, they couldn't, couldn't change. Um, but like, you listen to like Mark Wood in the 50 over World Cup in the, in the final for the World Cup. Like he was sat in the washing machine while it was going because he couldn't move. Yeah. Like people are people are just like that. And it's, it's just, I think that's just cricket, just the quirks of cricket. People can, you can just do those sort of things.
Um, whereas any other sport, you probably can't really do that, can you? Is it um the the most recent series on Australia when they came over and toured? There yeah, was a test in, match yeah, the where they they didn't move, like the seats that they were sat in in the, in the changing rooms in one of the episodes of it. Uh, I, I think it was a test match. They won, but they literally didn't move from the seats that they were sat yeah. in. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think so. It, I can't, I can't remember that, but yeah, that does ring a bell. Um, but like you look, at, I think it was the Headingley test where Stokes obviously got all the runs. Um, like you looked at all the coaches, they were like pacing around. Yeah, Lang was pacing around. Um, Steve Smith was obviously pacing around. It was just like those sort of nerves. And then the England boys were just sat, literally sat still, did not move. Yeah, and I think you, you can only really do that with cricket. Like football, you don't really get the chances for it to be that long. You don't really get the chance to to do those sort of things it just sort of happens so quickly whereas cricket it's, it's a bit of a slow burner yeah 100% look I think I, we could sit here and talk about cricket all, yeah. all day but one more thing how has James Hildreth never got a cap for England good question um, probably the right player at the wrong wrong period is the only thing I can give you um, when he was he's like he's still unbelievably good now but He's, they're probably not going to pick a, a 36, 37 year old. Um, so it's, and then in the area where he was at his peak, they had Bell, Peterson, yeah. Trot. They're like, it's hard to get in when yeah, they, yeah. those sort of players. It's just one of those things. You just, the right player at the wrong, wrong time. Um, and that's just, it's, it's unfortunate for him because he is an absolute genius. Um, and I feel really, I feel really bad for him because he should, he should have had that opportunity. But it's just, it's just, I think, I think it's just sport, and he, see, he sees that as it's just sport now. Yeah, very, very balanced answer. And actually, like when you do look at the players that were in his prime, if you like, um, it would have just been yeah. nice. But England's loss was oh, Somerset's gain, a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like he's him and him and I know Trez obviously played a lot for England. Um, but he also played a lot for Somerset and those two players are probably two of the biggest Somerset players since Viv Richards and Joel Garnham, Ian, both of them. Like they, they've probably held the club going forward for 20 years since they've gone. So, yeah, yeah they're, they're the biggest players, I would say. Yeah, amazing. Jamie, we have wrapped up your episode. How have you found your experience on the Grassroots Guy podcast? Yeah, I loved it. Um, it's obviously good fun. Um, I, 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 I actually like talking about cricket. Um, people, I, I, I do try not to talk about cricket too much, but when people are invested in, like, I like telling stories and giving my stories about cricket, it, it hopefully will help help some people going forward. Yeah, 100%. And when you get that first cap, um, who's to say you can't come back on to talk about it? Absolutely. I'd love to. I'd Perfect. love to be back on. Amazing. Um, if people want to come and find you on social media, where can they find you, Jamie? I'm on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, I'm on those two main things. Um, I think, I think it's just that Jamie Overton. I, I don't think it's anything else. Um, so yeah, it's just 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 general stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm all, I'm on social media. Brilliant. Um, you can find me at the Grassroots Sky Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you do want to contact me about the podcast. Or put yourself forward to come on for an episode. You can email me at the grassroots guy at hold on a minute, the grassroots guy pod at gmail.com. Uh, you will catch me here for another episode every Friday. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave a five star review 
it does go a long way to help the podcast. Jamie, say cheerio. Cheers. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. Speak to you next Friday.